interest in the following audio recording produced by Chesterton House, a center for Christian studies at Cornell University. Support for Chesterton House comes entirely from listeners like you, and we invite you to help us continue making the recordings of past lectures available at no cost through a donation to the ministry. You can find additional resources and make a donation at www.chestertonhouse.org. This audio recording is copyrighted and unauthorized duplication is prohibited. So we'll open the floor up for those. I know there were some people who had questions left over from the morning, and maybe we can try to integrate those with um, some of what we've heard uh, just now. I'll pass the microphone around um, to to whomever's speaking so that we can, uh, everyone can hear. So we'll come in the back first.
work for excellence. So we had a kind of a status there. Graduate acceptance was what they was treated well as academics. So I guess they began that kind of a strong criticism on systems. But here it was, I had to put a finger on what? How should I be? Basically, maybe I'm preempting your later session. <laughs> well, I was planning to say something about it in the third talk, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, of it, or I put it like this, how can, I didn't, I didn't actually talk at all about the, the voice part. How can you, how can you find a voice, and maybe it's impossible in some situations, how can you find a voice such that you're heard instead of just producing defensive, evasive, Reality. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult for me to put that one into words, but I think it's an absolutely crucial part of it all. So, so let me say a word about it. I was going to say something in the third talk. Um, I, I give you examples from my own experience, but I taught a large philosophy of religion course at Yale, and there would be students from all parts of the university, students from the Divinity School, then some grad students, a lot of undergrads, Yale undergrads, and some of these would be evangelical Christians, some would be Catholic, some would be skeptics. The head of the Humanist Society showed up as a student one year, Yale Humanist Society, because he, he was opposed to religion, but he thought he ought to find out what it was that he was actually opposed to. So. <laughs> thought he might find out in this course, and, you know, the, the, the whole the whole bank, Jewish kids and so forth. Almost every year it would happen that a student from an evangelical, U.S. evangelical Christian college would raise his hand. It was always a fellow, ever a woman. I mean, in a way this is happenstance, but, well, maybe it's not happenstance, I don't know. Would raise his hand, and then in this large class say something like this. Well, as Jesus says in John 13, verse 2, uh, I'd look at the class while he was speaking, and the Jewish kids would be stiffening their backs, and the eyes of the skeptics would be becoming round and so forth. Um, and I'd afterwards have to take the student aside and say, look, David, you can say exactly, well, pretty much exactly the same thing you said, but you have to find the voice in which to say it. So then what they don't always say to me is, what do you mean, voice? How should I say it? And, and then I was a little lost to, you know, give any detailed information, but I said, well, you know, hang on for six, seven, eight weeks, and I bet you'll discover. And almost always they did. So finding a voice that, that won't produce defensive reactions, but that they say, hmm, well, yes, that's interesting. I should take that seriously or something like that. Um, to find such a voice is uh, more difficult in some situations. In other situations, that's what you're experiencing. More difficult here in the universities that you deal with. And what do you say, Ken? Um, and I've never known how to say much more than that. <laughs> Finding the voice, but, but it's, it's, it's crucial. So evangelicals are often inclined to just go on the attack against the secular university. They won't listen to me and so forth. But if you talk in a voice that they can't hear, then whose fault is it? Well, it might be their fault because they're on 
not always their fault. You have to learn how to, how to talk. About uh, the best I can do. <laughs> to, to learn how to talk, you've got to be good at the discipline. I mean, part of it is you've got to be good at the discipline. I can tell you that if you're just going to shoot shots from outside, uh, nobody's going to pay any attention to it. And why should they? If they shot shots at you from the outside, would you pay attention to them? No. Uh, but I mean, almost the most important question you ask. Okay. Because um, I have a mouth. I have a presentation in Canada, and there, um, thanks to this perspectival emergence in history. I found it very easy to be a Christian. Actually, surprisingly easy. I came from Redeemer College, the, the Dutch Calvinist tradition. And I had times when I would say something or write a paper which distinctively brought a Christian perspective. And I would be insecure. I even asked a professor once, I know I'm biased. And the response was always, everyone is biased, as long as you are being diligent and fair in your judgment of the evidence. And I felt that I really had a confident Christian voice where I could speak, you know, and be who I was, and that's where it came from. The difference is here in the U.S., I can speak with that same voice and still be accepted, but there is fear, I think, on the parts of colleagues, or a sense of threat when you acknowledge that you are a devout Christian. And that is where I wanted to actually take your um, aside from your first talk. You hinted that there was perhaps limits to that perspectival approach in George Martin. And I've wondered, what are those limits? Um, where is that, that barrier, perhaps, for the Christian in the secular academy? Yep. Um, let, me, let me first pick up on a word you used. Um, fair. I know what it is, I think I know what it is usually to be fair. Seldom do I know what it would be to be neutral. So, so fairness, yes. Um, so, in the U.S. as opposed to Canada, what you're dealing with, if you identify yourself as Christian or evangelical Christian in 2007, is the is the role of evangelical Christianity on the political scene. And that's what well, well two things. Both of these are a contrast to Canada. Is the historic fact that education in the U.S. until 75 years ago was part of the Protestant establishment. And Catholics were resentful and, there, and other people were too. So, so that's part of our history. Very little of that not really true in Canada. I mean. And secondly, conservative evangelical Christianity, as I say, has a role on the political scene nowadays that a lot of people don't like, which it does not have on the Canadian scene. So I think you're tapping into those two big cultural differences between these two countries, which are cheek by jowl with each other, but have, have very different histories on that score. Different political histories and a very different educational history. I'm Richard Vincent, Professor Western College. I'm in the East too. I went to a large Canadian university with a master's in philosophy, training professors in the department. Uh, that was the place where we had the most interesting discussions about faith and learning that I've ever had anywhere. Totally open in classes, but I never sat at the retirees all I did was ask questions. Actually, one graduate class with a professor um, studying 
are they really competent and so forth? No, that was okay. It was undergrad teaching that they didn't want us to do. Now, I, I was always treated as an exception from the time I went to Yale 15, whatever years ago. I was a member of the Religious Studies Department. But other people at the Divinity School, they tried to keep them away from Yale undergrads. And why did they try to keep them away from Yale undergrads? Because they might convert these Yale undergrads, it was thought. The picture I always got was, gosh, these tender old Yaleys, you know, that if some divinity professor stands in front of them for a few hours, they're likely to be converted. Um, it always struck me as crazy. But, but my theologian colleagues didn't stand there aiming at converting people, proselytizing, which is presenting Christian theology. Now, as a result of presenting Christian theology to them with some winsomeness, yeah, some of them might be converted. So be it. <laughs> um, I'm afraid that we're going to have to end there um, for this session.